Welcome to the Spirited Advocate Podcast, brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, the leading voice for the distilled spirits industry. Now your host, Chris Wonger. Hello, Spirit Advocate Podcast friends. Thank you for joining us. Look, I've got this background on because, you know, I'm just starting to feel that we're almost hopefully, hopefully getting around the corner with this pandemic. Uh, we're coming up to almost a year anniversary where we had to go all virtual and uh, it's been a long time I'm sure where many of us have been able to go to our favorite bar or establishment and have a cocktail with dear friends and with that we've got a fantastic guest today we're here with Tracy Franklin she is DC based so she's in the neighborhood of the Distilled Spirits Council hi Tracy and welcome and let me give you just a top line background then we'll ask Tracy to, uh, to, to elaborate and expand on it. But she is an educator. She has a theater background. Uh, she is a distillation apprentice working closely with Uncle Neris and Jack, the Advancement Initiative. And uh, it, it, she's just got tremendous energy and uh, a real advocate for our great industry. So Tracy, thank you for joining us and tell us, tell us a little bit more about, you, about your background and, and what you do for this great industry. Well, thank you very much for having me, Chris. It's an absolute honor to, to join you today. I am very lucky that I fell in love with this industry and it's uh, embraced me right back. And I am currently studying to become a head distiller in the Nearest and Jack Advancement Initiative, which is a program put together by Jack Daniels and Uncle Nearest to increase diversity in the whiskey industry specifically. And I'm able to chase my dreams, you know? So it, I initially got into whiskey and really just loved it because of the diversity of flavors and stories and the people. Uh, I just really couldn't imagine why more people weren't drinking whiskey. And so I started creating marketing campaigns and a blog and, and opportunities for people to, to, to access whiskey in a new way, in a way that felt inclusive and inviting and really comfortable and fun. And that's really kind of what I've embraced on is that I want whiskey to always be there for people to learn, to appreciate and to feel welcome in. So I feel like right now that's what I'm doing. I do whiskey education classes. I do things on my, in my internet. So on Instagram, I have a lot of educational components, quizzes and tests and fun stuff for everybody to learn there. And I'm also just looking to work with any of the brands right now as I'm doing my distillation apprenticeship. Yeah, I'm working with any of the brands that really want me. I, I basically said, I wanna learn everything I can. And so many distilleries have opened the doors and said, we'd love to have you to show, show you what we do, what our ways of working are, but also what our ethics are, what our values are, which, just the fact that so many distilleries have stepped up to say we want to train and help create diversity in this industry has uh, really warmed my heart. It's been it's awesome. It, it is awesome. And uh, Fawn with Uncle Nearest is a friend to this podcast and what they and you are doing uh, there is just so exciting and the possibilities are or, or endless for, for our industry. So Tracy, tell us about the Nearest and Jack Advancement Initiative. I know that's an important element of what you're working on right now. Could you, could you tell our audience why that's such an important initiative? 
Absolutely. I am honored to be the first candidate in the Nariston Jack Advancement Initiative Leadership Acceleration Program. So what this is, is basically Uncle Nearest Whiskey and Jack Daniels Whiskey have come together to create a program which they believe will increase diversity in the world of whiskey. And it is three-pronged. So first, they have a business incubation program. They're currently working with Dunor Distilleries uh, with Chris Montana to help him with whatever it may be. If it's his marketing story, is it his business plan, is it production, whatever it may be, they're working to help improve his business. There is also the School of Distillation. So there will be a Nathan Green School of Distillation that's opening in Tennessee. So a, a, a credit a, a accredited program for distillation, which has not existed in the United States. And that hopefully will become a pipeline for more diversity within the industry. So an actual yeah. way that people can go to school and understand and get that experience in a way that hasn't been possible before. And the third prong is the leadership acceleration program. So taking people of color who are in the industry currently as whiskey leaders of some sort, and basically asking where they want to end up. So Fawn reached out to me after we were on a panel together and I said, hey, you've got a school of distillation opening. What's that look like? And she said, actually, if you're interested in distillation, let's talk a little bit more. And we talked about this fact that she wanted to create a, a streamlined way for leaders to get into positions of power within the whiskey industry. And I was already working at Glenfiddich. I had a great gig, yeah. but she said, where do you want to be? And I said, I want to be in process. I want to be a distiller if possible. The thought that I could possibly be a, a creator of flavor in the industry, somebody who's actually telling a new story, not just vocally, but actually on our palettes is incredibly exciting. And I am honored to, to hopefully be able to, to pull this, to come to, for this to come to fruition. But we talked, I sent a resume, talked to, uh, to the Jack Daniel side, and they selected me as their first candidate. Their second candidate is Byron Copeland, who is working, looking more at distillery management, but also we're in the program studying next to each other. And so now I am popping around the United States, going to different distilleries who are willing to give me time to intern with them and understand their process. I'm studying with the Institute of Brewing Distilling out of uh, Scotland, working on my diploma program with them and taking all of the certifications I can. So my HACCP and my you know, safety knowledge, whatever it may be uh, online. So this program though, I think is gonna really create a pipeline first through education, pipelines for leaders, and then businesses that are already um, ready, really improving them. So I'm excited to see what comes to be as this runs through for the next few years. No doubt. How long is the program? Two, three years? Three well, we were looking at uh, a year and a half to two years. I think for me, I don't know, honestly, now that I'm in it, I don't know if the, uh, if COVID helped or hurt. It felt like it made it worse because I wasn't able to actually get out to distilleries, but I've been able to do so much uh, technical knowledge. So I've been really, really deep in the books and getting my certifications on different technical elements within distillation and, and whiskey making and manufacturing and things in a larger sort of format. So it may have actually helped me get a really interesting sound sort of background and educational knowledge that a lot of people heading into distill distillation might not have. So I'm gonna take it as a blessing. And as soon as I've got those vaccines, I'm still going to wear my mask and be distanced, but I'm going to be at every distillery I can get my butt to. That is awesome. And Tracy, when you were a great brand manager for Glenfiddich and William Grant, of course, I mean, the thought of you being able to make this leap to do this was probably far removed, right? Yes. I, I would imagine because a great platform like this created by Fawn Weaver, 
and Uncle Nearest and our friends at Brown Foreman and Jack Daniels, they created this opportunity. Yes, and I, right. So I ne never, right? I mean, I, okay, before I was with Glenfiddich, I was, I was really looking for a job at distilling. I had a few places in mind that I really wanted to get to, but then the opportunity came to be an ambassador for Glenfiddich and to represent this brand around the United States. And I couldn't say That no. was too good of an opportunity. <laughs> right. Yeah. But then on the other end, this opportunity to now go into distillation and to really finally complete this journey um, through the whiskey industry in a way that I think I never would have dreamed, but I am so grateful and I will share it with everyone. So that's why I, I basically totally. share my journey on Instagram because I'm so grateful for it. And certainly... Uh, broadening uh, whiskey connoisseurs in 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 the diverse community, right? Uh, the African American community, the opportunity is great, right? Because historically, is it fair to say uh, the African American community uh, what wasn't didn't naturally gravitate to American whiskey, right? But and that's an well, exciting trend that's happening. Or help me help me with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think even more, it's that the marketing wasn't reflecting that we were consuming. No doubt. Uh, right. Yeah. So we know that in the history of it, as the populations grew in Kentucky, Tennessee, and some of those Southern states, we also know whiskey production was increasing. And so our hands were involved and we were making those spirits and those products. And those are things that we would have still taken into, you know, it's prohibition. We made a bit of illicit distilling and those sorts of things sure. were happening. And whiskey was always a part of our culture and always a part of our, our habits but maybe not always the production side in that we don't want to do things we had to do while we were slaves or things that are, are, are that were forced upon us. And that would have been one of those things. So hospitality is one that people often try to avoid. Um, you don't know many black people that want to choose to go and do things like pick tobacco or cotton. And, and so I think this has also become a part of that world that we've kind of pushed aside and maybe not recognized how, um, first our history in it, but then also how it has always been a part of our culture because the marketing around American spirit, American whiskey has always been very heritage driven and, and that those families that own those distilleries were all white. So that no heritage yeah. and that tradition, it also reflects that whether or not they are the only drinkers. So I just but think about what Uncle Nearest did. Uncle Nearest was a big part of the history of Jack Daniels, right? And yeah. really contributed to that brand from day one, right? With, with, of course, Jack Daniels, but in that, the fact that that history is coming out is, is just awesome. It's uh, been incredible because what it honors is the relationship between the two. It's not that we're, that, you know, it's saying that this enslaved man offered up his knowledge to a, a kid that was working at the distillery. So Jack didn't own or wasn't, you know, he was also working there at that farm and they got together and learned and, and Jack, you know, a nearest green taught him everything he knew. And then when Jack Daniels had the opportunity to open his own distillery, the first person he hired, his first master distiller was Nathan Nearest Green. So that, that real relationship and exchange of knowledge, talent, and respect is something that I think we could all honor and, and really embrace today. And for those two men, you know what they did? They made magic, right? Because yes. they made magic at a bottle uh, because you look at the success 
of Jack Daniels over the years and so forth. Now, I know you've got a little bit of Scotch whiskey in your DNA as well. Could you tell me a little <laughs> bit about that? Absolutely. Uh, you used to be a, a brand manager uh, for our friends with William Grant and Glenn Fittich, right? So I was the national ambassador for Glenn Fittich Single Malt Scotch. I worked for them for about four years and got that final national ambassador promotion just before I left, which is so sad. Um, but I have a soft spot in my heart for Single Malt Scotch. I just do. And that's how I fell into the whiskey world, really. While I had had, you know, every now you drink bourbon, you, you know, a little wild turkey with your your beer. And, but once I experienced a peated whiskey and understood the depth of flavor that could be in one small dram of whiskey, my life kind of turned and I just kept on this pursuit of flavor within the whiskey category. So really it was this peated whiskey that set me on the path. And then just exploring throughout the entire whiskey world, I then settled back into single malt scotch with Glenfiddich. And now that I'm exploring more of American whiskey, I'm really excited about the American single malts that are coming out. I'm really loving what they're doing. I like um, it, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, but I was incredibly honored to be a part of this, this history of whiskey that, that for so long, all people saw or thought about was this really prestigious thing that, you know, you had to be a certain type of person with a certain amount of wealth to be uh, good enough to drink scotch whiskey, right? You had to earn that right. And I was able to stand in front of rooms full of people and say, this is meant for everyone. The people that are making this whiskey want you to enjoy it, to love it, to learn, to, to celebrate with it. This isn't meant to be exclusive. This is really a category that is open to innovation and to uh, really inclusion of all people and flavors. And so that was part of my world and I loved it. And that applies to Japanese whiskey, Canadian whiskey, Scotch Absolutely. whiskey, Irish whiskey, to American whiskey. Now, I think I got this right. For Scotch whiskey, they use bourbon barrels primarily. Is that correct? Yes. I think, I yep. think that's, mostly, I think most of the barrels that are going to be in Scotland are Amer ex bourbon barrels. American. Oh, yep. <laughs> I know. I know our American whiskey friends like the chat or our Scotch whiskey friends about that. Tell us. Okay, so you were in the theater as well. You spent some yes. time on Broadway. Could you tell yes. us about that? Yes, yeah, so I toured nationally and internationally with Broadway style productions. So initially, I was with a show, uh, Winnie the Pooh. And I toured all over the world. Uh, I saw 30 different countries, I believe it was. Like, um, I also worked on a cruise ship as a singer. So we, with that, I also got to, to travel. And then I came, I decided I was done performing for kids and moved to New York and did Hairspray, Color Purple, Ragtime, and toured and sang and danced until um, really I got to a point where I felt like my voice wasn't matching my body and it was a weird time and my, basically my agent said if you want to take a break take it now my husband yeah. got a job in Tampa so we left but during that sort of last year or two in New York I had really started exploring whiskey more and was working as a representative for Glenmore Engine Ardbeg and doing tastings for them and whiskey events and just kept pursuing this education and sort of knowledge of whiskey production so when I went to Florida I had this background that not a lot of people had and I was really able to exploit it and get even more knowledge and experience, work with a micro distillery down there, work with Dave Pickerel when he had some openings on his uh, consulting. Yeah. And also just uh, working at a, bar, a whiskey bar that had almost 400 whiskeys behind me. So being able to really categorize and understand flavor and then use that as a tool to teach any of the guests that were coming in to me. So I kind of became known as the whiskey woman of Florida where I was just guiding people through these whiskey 
knowledge um, with actual bottles and it was really incredible. And so the opportunity to then leave that, I really wanted to go into process and go into production. I really did, but that didn't quite happen at the same time, at the time I needed. So instead I went into ambassadorship and became a physical embodiment of a brand. And, and I think it's important when we think about the fact that a black woman is, is representing a single malt scotch in the United States. I think it was really a powerful move. And I think I'm, and I'm grateful for Glenn Fiddick for doing it, but I also know that they did it because I was the best at the no job. No doubt about it. I was, well, I love it. I love educating and I, and yeah, I still miss it. <laughs> well, um, if I can share Tracy. So I first got to witness Tracy at a great dinner about a year and a half ago called the Keepers of the Quake Dinner. It was organized one, uh, by one of Discus's greats, Frank Coleman and Jonathan Eusen and a group of others as well. Jonathan Eusen is the, the president and CEO of William Grant North America. And it was a dinner celebrating the Keepers of the Quake uh, coming from Scotland. And it was in New York. And they were looking to have their next dinner in September 2020, but obviously the pandemic got in our way. But Tracy, uh, for those of you who didn't know, she put on a, a, a phenomenal performance using your passion for scotch <laughs> and using your passion uh, for haggis and the history of scotch, uh, really uh, just celebrating and recognizing the keepers of the quake. And the moment to eat haggis, which is, from my perspective, pretty nasty stuff. Oh, I don't want to no. touch haggis, but that's all right. I know I could get shot for that because I've been to the keep, Keepers of the Quake uh, dinner in Scotland as well. Uh, the whole thing is phenomenal. Don't let my negative comment about haggis, you know, uh, rub anybody wrong. But uh, I think it's a, it's a taste that you've you've got to you've got to work at to. I, I I think it's delicious. By the way, I personally <laughs> okay, think okay. it's delicious. I've had it numerous times. I think there are better haggises than others. But I also, however, eat anything like that. Pursuit of flavor is not just in whiskey. You like that? It's in everything in the world. Like I'm always looking for some opportunity to try something I've never had before. So I tend to have a very um a, a, a very you know crazy palate that enjoys all sorts of strange things. Tracy, tell the audience about Haggis and the Keepers of the Quake and why that's such a special of event and, yeah, and what so, you were doing that evening. <laughs> so this was actually the first time the Keepers of the Quake in the U.S. had met and actually had a dinner. This was the first time they've done that. This is a, an organization that brings about uh, people who have been working in the Scotch whiskey industry and whose jobs or whose actions in the world are to preserve this community and preserve Scotch whiskey as a category and elevate it. And I am not a member, uh, well, maybe one day, but I was invited to give the address to a haggis. And uh, it was incredible. So the address to haggis is a poem that was written by, um, oh my gosh, uh, Burns. Um, yeah. And it's done before, every, like any Scottish dinner that you're going to, if there's haggis, you have to do this address. Like it's, it's you just do. It's yeah. tradition. With bagpipes and all. Bag exactly, bagpipes and a big old knife and all sorts of fun things. And it's in Scotland. You had a sword. You had a sword. I had a sword. <laughs> I had a sword. So, <laughs> so Andy and I did this. Andy Weir, um, he he was brave enough. He's like, yes, I think you can do this. And I was like, well, should I do a translation? Should I just do it in English? He's like, I trust you. I think you could do it in the brogue. I like, you can do this. 
And he basically started it out. I into he and then had no knife. So I was the person with the knife and, and I had a sword. It was a full sword. So I then stood up and said, do you mind if I kind of take over? And then I took over and nobody was expecting it. Again, it's stepping outside of those boxes to show people that these are traditions that should exist, but that can be inclusive of everyone that can actually take on new stories and new tales and just a little bit of coloring that we haven't seen before. And it was so much fun to be in front of this audience that wasn't expecting that. And everyone there just smiled, you know, immediately everybody was so excited about it. And I, you know, and it's something I am sometimes concerned about. Am I pushing things too far? Am I being, you know, an outsider who's trying to change something or an outsider who's maybe taking on something that's not my culture? And that's something I never had to really worry about within Scotch whiskey industry. Everything's really been about being able to share my passion and my knowledge and this love of this category with other people. And everyone, once they talk to me, understands it's just passion. I love it. It, 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 You could bottle it up and sell it, Tracy. (laughs) You were were terrific at at that event and so forth. And we see it. The Spirited Advocate podcast is brought to you in association with Rusty Rabbit International, a world-class consulting company. Rusty Rabbit specializes in bringing drinks brands to market, and they have a dream. They want to represent at least one drinks brand from every state and take them to market worldwide. With the expertise, the connections, and with certification in many markets around the world, they can open doors. Let them help you bring your brand to market from wherever you are to wherever you want. Search for Rusty Rabbit International to learn more. So tell us, no doubt uh, this industry has a, has a lot of work ahead of ourselves on diversity, equity, and inclusion. You are breaking glass ceilings left and right, and we're excited about that. Uh, we just concluded uh, Black History Month in, in the month of February, and uh, I've had the opportunity uh, to do a podcast with the Bro Brothers. I don't know if you've met them out of, out of Kentucky. They are terrific. Uh, the Bro Brothers Distillery in Ron Gomes out of uh, Painted State Distillery out of Delaware and so forth. Just uh, g- give us your views. I mean, our country's gone through a lot of challenges over the past year. And, uh, you know, the African-American community, the Black community have been so instrumental in making this country great. Uh, no doubt about it. But we still have a lot of work to do. And, you uh, uh, Progressing and building on the DEI platform for this industry will make us better and stronger. Could you tell us a little bit about your thoughts there and what the opportunities are? I think you're living it every day, right? <laughs> every day. Thank you. I um, it's a, that's a great question, and there's so many facets to talk about. But first, I sometimes have issue with the fact that everyone's like that with what your commentary of you are living this history like you are making these changes only in that you sometimes worry when you're in these roles when you're doing these things like is this going to make a difference is this actually something that matters especially when you're looking at a year that is about recognizing this systematic racism that's been put in our country for hundreds of years and what that's creating and while yes it is affecting whiskey and we can talk about the very specific things and systems and and traditions that have created this this inequity within that category i always wonder am i doing enough for the world and so what i've come back to is that i want to control the things that i have influence over right so not yeah. so so not feeling guilty 
that I'm not changing everything because I can't and it becomes overwhelming. Uh, but this is a category that I love. This is a category that has supported me, that has also hurt me viciously, but it's one that I can make true impact in. So thank you for that comment. Um, I know that I constantly wrestle for those of you that are like, ah, it's just whiskey, why does she care? I wrestle with that because it is just whiskey, but I also understand that whiskey has been that spirit that we raise when we celebrate, when we mourn, when a child is born, when some, you know, like there, it is, it becomes, a conduit for conversation, for healing. So if I look at it that way and, and realize that as I create space for more people of color, for more queer people, for more whatever it may be, we've now turned this whiskey industry into an area where we're gonna have new flavors, we're gonna have new stories, we're gonna have a whole slew of honestly better spirits because we've got new perspectives and that just increases um, that just improves whatever it's around, correct? So if we look at the industry now, where, why do we have this discrepancy? We know we have it in marketing. We know we have it in process in that the uh, positions which are very visible, the positions, uh, people who are representing, the people you know who are actually out there talking about them making the spirits don't tend to be people of color. And honestly, aren't always, are, women are also someone who are, are um, not represented in correct yeah. proper numbers as well. Uh, also in um, in the actual spirits themselves and and what's being put out there flavor wise, we definitely put think people and and groups into categories. And I think that's part of that marketing issue. But let's go into just the process. And I think that's really where Jack Daniels and Uncle Nearest have focused in is what is it about the whiskey industry that's keeping people of color from achieving, from becoming VPs of company or from being in the HR or being, you know, in the mark, you know, being the brand manager. Marketing leadership. Yeah. Why, yeah. why is this um, it, so unequal? And I think it's really, you go back and it's just the history of whiskey itself has been through familial relations, has been through friendships. That, these are your people you work with. These are the people you hire. You continue to work in these small controlled groups. We are a fairly small industry. Um, when you look through, like I know a lot of people, yeah. but we, and it's just, and it's, so I don't think, while it may not have been a purposeful choice to exclude people of color, after a certain point, <laughs> it, happened. Um, I it, agree. it has become routine because we still are hiring based on family and friends in those relationships versus how can we start to realize the benefit of having a new story, a new perspective and a new uh, group of diverse clients and representatives and, and makers in this industry. So by creating opportunities like this internship that I'm currently a part of, you're now getting somebody, not, not just the hands-on experience and the regular, the education, you're giving them a broad look at the entire category so that then when they come in, they can help in multiple lanes. So that's what I'm really excited about. Tracy, let me ask you something. I mean, whiskey can be a common thread, right? Yeah. I mean, Great whiskey can bring people from diverse back backgrounds together. It does it all the time in bars, just like the one that looks like it right behind mm -hmm. me, right? Uh, but if we can break through that in what you're doing, brick by brick, bottle by bottle, mm -hmm. uh, good time by good time with people with diverse backgrounds that'll make our industry stronger. I mean, no doubt. I mean, there's a there, there's an economic argument to make, but there is a greater society argument to make as well, because if people from diverse backgrounds 
and if we break those glass ceilings and make progress, it brings people together. Right. And when people come together, it improves communication and how people understand each other. It'll improve uh, people understanding the perspectives of Black Americans and the things that they have to contend with yeah. as it relates to uh, the racism and the societal challenges that y'all have had to contend with, that sometimes people uh, that don't come from that background aren't confronted with. So right. it's not like those people are bad people, but they just don't have the same appreciation with those challenges. And, you know, everything that has happened over the past year with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all that, it, you know, horrific events, but it, it's brought this dis discussion to the forefront and Tracy Franklin is helping kind of break through some of those barriers that's going to make this industry a lot better, right? I think. Yeah, I, I hope so. Thread. Right. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is that this is something that I was doing 10 years ago. So like I had started a company called Worski and it was about increasing diversity in the world of whiskey, but I really wanted because I just didn't understand why people felt like they shouldn't be drinking whiskey, like why this wasn't yep. just a place where we were all coming together to understand one thing, like to, to, to learn maybe about this spirit, but then to connect in a broader sense around this, hopefully, and then kind of the world can change from that. So while I was doing that with the idea that if I can create some marketing for some brands that feels fun and you know brings young people in, then maybe I will help to spur the next person who's actually going to go on to change the industry. But now, 10 years later, I realized like, wait, I'm, I'm doing kind of that. You're doing that. Kind You're of doing cool, that. you know? Yeah. And what's wonderful is watching all the people that are right here next to me, you know? So Cameron George over at Ardbeg, he and I are really close friends. And when I was on Glenn Fittick and he was on our, you know, we talked a lot about what the category meant to us and how, what it meant to be people of color representing these iconic brands with all of this history and these ardent fans. And it was great, you know, and now I'm able to bring a broader perspective because I can talk about all whiskey and like the entire category and find points and, and flavors and stories and tales that connect human beings, connect through relationships yep. versus you know, we don't have to experience everything that somebody else has. We have empathy for that, right? So understanding, so as we bring these stories to light and we start to have conversations about, you know, what whiskey means to us or even just what, how we've used whiskey in specific ways within our lives, I think that we'll all, hopefully people will start to bring their walls down. And like you said, that's where we'll start to create these relationships and start to maybe heal in ways that we we haven't before we, you know it's a different thing we can use for this conversation because we do need to have the conversation and maybe the whiskey just be a, a small element of, of that healing you know whiskey should never be a barrier to anything right yeah think, except, <laughs> except if you're under 21 years of age of course that's Absolutely. a barrier or if you choose not to drink you don't need whiskey of course but, uh, no uh, doubt about it yeah. but those folks that love to have a nice cocktail from time to time and enjoy it in moderation. I mean, it's it can be the essence of life, right? Uh, tell us, Tracy, I mean, look, uh, hopefully we're on the back end of the pandemic. Uh, the marketplace has changed dramatically from cocktails to go, to delivery, to the e-commerce platforms that have, that have come around. 
what's your perspective? What do you see happening over the next year or so as we hopefully get behind the pandemic, the vaccine gets out, and uh, we're all getting back to those great uh, bars and restaurants that we all used to go uh, before March 13th, 2020. Well, I am very curious to see what it looks like on the other side. I'm a little worried. I um, We have seen a high number of restaurants and bars that we love that have closed. A lot of iconic places are no longer going to be around. And that's going to be a completely different uh, just field of of being with like, like it's going to feel so different walking into some of these places um going to new york and and some of your favorite places just won't be there anymore but for those that have they've gotten incredibly creative and these cocktail kits like i i do a cocktail kit that comes out of i think california i'm not even sure where it comes yeah. from but i just saw someone doing something creative and said i want to support that within dc itself we've got wonderful cocktails happening all the time in to go uh, portions we've got jack rose which has a rooftop going on now we've got these distilleries that are still producing and you can pick up bottles that are made locally and supporting those outlets is really incredibly important so as we start to get our vaccines and we start to be able to go back into our bars and restaurants, I think people are going to appreciate the nuance. They're going to appreciate the complexity of flavor. And, you know, because we've all been trying to make our cocktails sure. at home. We all, yeah. right? we all think we're, we're mixologists. Yeah. So we're going to go to our bartenders and say, you know what? You're pretty awesome at what you do. Why don't you make me a drink and I'm going to sit and and I think we're going to really have another layer, I hope, of respect for the people that are serving us, that are, that are giving us that hospitality. And I'm hoping also that since we've taken this time to um, kind of reflect on the history of America, understand where hospitality came from and a lot of those, um, those basic sort of skills and, and where that actually built from and then also honor the people that are now a part of that history. And I'm excited about it. I'm really excited to see what we can do when we start to, to really care about the people that care for us. No doubt about it. Uh, okay, now we're at the, coming to the end. Uh-oh. This is probably the toughest question of all. Now, Tracy, it's if me. you could be... <laughs> Look, I know uh, you're probably passionate with a lot of different brands, so I'm going to ask you this. You probably haven't traveled much over the past year, uh, and if you have, you know, probably pretty limited. Same for me. If you could be anywhere in the world at this one second and have your favorite cocktail, you know, no more pandemic, no more face masks, no more worrying about all of that, what would be, what would be the one place you'd like to be at? Oh, that's, I mean, honestly, for me, I would be on a beach somewhere for sure. So I would love to go back to Thailand. I would go to Koh Phi Phi. I would be on the beautiful beach. I would, so then my cocktail changes though. Then I would have a highball. I got you. I I would, I'd have a, I'd have a highball and I would be on the water or or actually their coconut water and whiskey is so good, you guys. So I could just do a coconut water and whiskey. So if I'm doing that, I wouldn't mind if it was just a regular, a blended whiskey or even a, a nice bourbon with that. Um, and just relax. I want to not think for a while. I yes. really want to enjoy leisure. I want to enjoy sun. It's cold in DC. I know it's not as cold as you guys in Minnesota. But February I, was a nasty month. I don't do cold. Weather day. Yeah. So that's, I'm going with that. I didn't pick a brand. Awesome. That's okay. I wouldn't put you on the spotlight. Good for you. Well, let's hope. Let's hope on 
on behalf of the Distilled Spirits Council, let me, let me tell everybody that's listening to this podcast, when you get a chance, meet Tracy Franklin. She is prime time great. She is infectious for her passion and commitment to this industry is with, without question. It, 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 it's just awesome. And on top of that, she is breaking glass ceilings, uh, brick by brick, and really changing the world. And you are changing the world, Tracy. But you know what? What's, what's even better is it's, I'm not doing this alone. You know, and that's, so So while yes, I may be the one to say I did this first, maybe I'll be able to do that, maybe not. But either way, we're all coming up together and I have so many people in the industry of all colors, all creeds, all whatever it is that are like just cheering me on and lifting me up. So it's not just me. This isn't just me. This is the industry. And thank you, Fawn Weaver, for getting this started, for reaching out to Uncle Nair, for Jack Daniels to join Uncle Nearest to create this opportunity. But it is the industry that has kind of woken up to the opportunity. And I think everyone that's actively working to create diversity and equity inside of this industry, because it's it's not just me. Yeah, I remember Fawn telling me the story that she was, I think she was in Tokyo and she saw yeah. a magazine. New York Times. Just, just, uh, it was New York Times. And just when that, that seed of an idea was planted in her and she yeah. got to thinking, I look at, look at what she's doing, look what you're doing, look what everybody in the industry is doing. We've got a lot more work ahead of us, no yeah. doubt. But uh, Tracy, on behalf of the Distilled Spirits Council, a great cheers to you. Hopefully you're going to be on that beach soon. <laughs> You're going to be on that beach soon, and we're going to be together, hopefully, uh, to share a great cocktail. And thank you everything that you do. Keep your passion going. There's always good days and bad days, right? But there is no substitute for passion and enthusiasm and values that are really directed for the greater good, right? And cream rises to the top. So thank you for all that you do, and a great cheers. Thank you so much, Chris. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. (laughs) The Spirited Advocate podcast was brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. If you'd like to be a guest speaker on the show or send us topic suggestions to cover, please contact us at podcast at distilledspirits.org. And please like and share these episodes. Your support is very appreciated.